God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, we equip for that outpouring, so that we may engage in that very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. Philip and I are going to talk about something that is a little unusual. You'll be hearing some really familiar scriptures, but from a very different perspective. We're going to look at dark reflections today. We're so glad that you're with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. We so enjoy coming together with the Holy Spirit to bring these podcasts to you, and we hope that you enjoy them as well. We'd love to hear some feedback from you. If you want to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net, there's a little place where you can fill in a a form and uh, send it to us, or you can write to us an email at feedback at globaloutpouring.org, and we'll get it from either place. But we'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to hear if you have something on your heart that you would like for us to bring Uh, We'll just pray into that and see what the Lord shows us. In the meantime, we also want to encourage you to get on our mailing list, our email blast list. We won't litter your email inbox with a whole lot of stuff, but um, sign up for some of the things. And if if you like to pray, we've got uh, a prayer letter list that goes out. It looks like it's going to be once a month now instead of twice a month. And uh, we've got an emergency prayer request list so that if something comes up that needs a whole lot of intercessors real quickly, we can we can reach out to that group. So uh, get connected with us. We want to uh, get to know you better. And we would be absolutely grateful if you would also give a donation to help pay this forward and help us keep this uh, podcast going. So today we're going to look at a scripture that has been on my heart ever since uh, about two episodes ago when we were talking about uh, going from glory to glory and hidden treasures, treasures in earthen vessels. There was a, a scripture that Philip brought that I've been meditating about ever since, and I just felt like it was really important that we come back and revisit that scripture. Yeah, this is, uh, this is the, the King James, First mm-hmm. Corinthians 13, verse 12. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. Beautiful. That idea of seeing through a glass darkly has just been rolling around in my spirit. And I looked at some other translations to get an idea what else has been translated from this scripture. The Berean Standard Bible says, Now we see but a dim reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And the Berean Literal Bible says, For presently we see through a glass in obscurity, but then face to face. Presently I know in part, but then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And the Amplified says, Now we are looking in a mirror that gives only a dim blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. But then when perfection comes, 
we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. So there's wow. some there's some different different ways that it's being translated, and and that's the wonder of the original languages. You know, there is not one single translation that fully gives every 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 thing. Yeah. Uh huh. Because Hebrew and Greek are both kind of pictorial languages that one word can be translated by many words into English. Mm-hmm. So that's why we have all of these give it your best shot translations. <laughs> but you kind of need to compare one with another to get the full meaning and and you can dig down into like the Strong's Concordance dictionary and and my personal favorite is the my favorite bible is the Hebrew Greek key study bible that has the lexical aids in the back that were compiled by uh Spiros Zodiades. Wow, there's just a depth, a depth of and treasure trove of of words. You know, you have one Greek word or one Hebrew word, and you get a whole paragraph about what it means. Yeah, because there's places you go, you have no internet. If you're the speaker, you can't rely on the internet to look up your Greek word. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. So it's nice having a yeah a Bible with with all this in there. That is true. However, I I regularly on my phone. I'm I'm all the time using the Blue Letter Bible app. It's quicker. <laughs> it's very quick. It doesn't yeah. have the depth of information that this other one does, but but it's got quite a lot. And and I use the Bible Hub. Uh, you can go to BibleHub.com or BlueLetterBible.com, but I use the apps on my phone. Mm-hmm. If I'm on my desktop, obviously I'm going to use the internet version, but. The Bible Hub gives you different uh, translations, and that's mm-hmm. where I pulled some of these from that that's I just read. That's why they read. call it a hub. It's a hub, absolutely, yeah. and it and it's, it's wonderful. Great. You can do verse by verse, and I don't know how many it is, twenty or thirty oh, wow. different translations. So I use it almost every day. I'm voracious. I'm so hungry for the Word because I just want to know the author. Mm-hmm. And you get to know the author by reading what he says. Yeah. Uh-huh. And for me, everything is all about knowing God. That's, and, that is, and that's what this verse is all about. And that is what this verse is all about. But, okay, let me, let me just go back and talk about mirrors in mm-hmm. ancient times. And I think we talked about this a little bit in uh, that previous podcast on uh-huh. hidden treasures. I think we touched on it about how, the mirrors in ancient times, they might have been made out of obsidian, which is a black glass that's volcanic. And so they would, you know, just slice it somehow and, and then polish it polish up. It, uh-huh. It's pretty reflective to begin with. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm sure they would have polished it. Or they've made it, they would have made it out of brass or steel uh, and then polished that. But I'm thinking in the 21st century, mm-hmm. what we might consider to be a dark reflection 
okay, a reflection that's kind of obscure that you really can't see well. Uh, as we were getting ready for this podcast, I was sitting in front of my laptop and it hadn't been turned on yet. So the screen is dark, but I could see myself in it. Uh -huh. I could see a reflection, mm -hmm. but I couldn't really see details. Yeah. You know, I couldn't see my eyelashes. I couldn't see, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even tell what color eyes I had. Mm -hmm. Okay, I happen to have blue eyes. Yeah, I, I remember when you were Skyping me from Nigeria one time. Oh, yeah. And the room I was could, very dark. All I could see was your teeth and the <laughs> reflection from that 30-watt light bulb on the wall and the frame of your glasses, and that's all I saw. Yeah. It was quite uh, quite amazing. <laughs> and we were looking through a glass darkly. Yeah. It, it, was a, it was an obscure reflection. But I knew it was you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because you could hear my voice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, another another dark version of this would be, for instance, if you were if you were by a black car and a black automobile that's been highly polished mm -hmm. and nice and shiny, yeah. you know, you can see yourself in it. You can see a reflection. That might be what it would have been like mm -hmm. to have a mirror made of obsidian. Yeah, because I think back in the time of Jesus, they used Roman glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you can buy, it's like one of my favorite things to do when we were in Israel and we would take the tours and we'd go into a shop mm -hmm. and sometimes I would hunt for a pair of earrings. Mm -hmm. Or a necklace. You, or an, or yeah. a necklace that yeah. was made out of Roman glass. Yeah, I, I like all you of know, them and, that you got me. Yeah, and it's <laughs> just very, you know, they're a little pricey, but they're, they're beautiful because it's a rarity to find 2,000-year-old right. glass. Very true, very true. Know. But, you know, the whole point is that the reflection in in these ancient mirrors mm -hmm. would not have been anywhere near the kind of reflection that we would have in our mm -hmm. in our mirrors today in yeah. the 21st century that have clear glass with silver behind them mm -hmm. yeah. uh, but you know even even a current modern mirror you know if it if it's um, maybe maybe if it's a little bit old and and the uh, the conditions have been damp or, or something like that. It might cause the, 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 the silvering in the back to deteriorate. Yeah. And uh -huh. then you can't see very clearly. No. Uh -huh. The reflection is marred. Yeah. Okay. And there's another thing about ancient mirrors, which kind of freaked me out when I saw it. I saw some pictures online when I was studying this and a lot of them, the handle of the mirror was an image of one of the gods that these people would have worshipped. Well, of course, these were would not have been cheap. They were more for the upper class. Oh, yeah. They were for the upper class, and the upper class would have been, mm -hmm. you know, really replete in their idols. Yeah. So they had lots and lots of idols. Yeah. And this was just... There was part of their day-to-day -day thing to mm -hmm. have idols all around them because that's mm -hmm. what they believed was making the difference in their lives. I remember our founder, Sister Gwen, would say in Taiwan, you could go into a lot of the stores and you would see they have a little altar in the back up there. And, mm -hmm. and then sometimes they would put a little honey on the lips of the kitchen god. Oh, yeah. So it would only say sweet things. Yeah, at the new year. At the new year. At the new year. <laughs> they, they would change the kitchen god. They'd, they'd get rid of the old one. They'd burn the old one. So they'd put honey on the lips so that it would it wouldn't tell all the nasty things that people had done in the kitchen. So that's before they burned it, right? Before they burned it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so much so much for for idols. We don't want to talk about idols, but even in the occult, there are occult mirrors. There are mirrors that have been that mm -hmm. have been given over and prayed over and and cursed so that they will 
somehow be used in occult practices. And mm-hmm. I, I don't study that kind of thing. I don't want to know that kind of thing, but I know that it's out there. Yeah. And so what I want to say about mirrors is even a really, really good mirror, even a magnifying mirror. You know, I use a magnifying mirror when, when I put my makeup on because, well, I don't have my glasses on when I'm putting my makeup on. So I need to be able to see well. So I want to use a magnifying mirror so I can see the details. But even the best mirrors are not really telling you the truth. Mm-hmm. Because if you compare the image in a mirror and the image in a photograph, the photograph is really what you look like. Only not really because it's only two-dimensional. Yeah. It's flat, you know, it's mm-hmm. not three-dimensional. But the idea is that the photograph will at least show that the right side of you is the right side of you and not the left side of you. When when you're mm-hmm. looking in a mirror, like if I part my hair on the right-hand side, uh-huh. the person in the mirror has it parted on the left-hand side. And sometimes, on, like on Facebook or something, people post something of themselves and it's the writing on their uh, sweatshirt or something is backwards. Exactly, because it's a mirror image. Uh So your mirror is really not telling you the The truth. truth. (laughs) It's not, it's giving you a false sense of understanding. Now, it's good to help you find, if you have a smudge of mud on your face, you know where to wash, you you know, you didn't get all the chocolate off or or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gotcha eating chocolate. <laughs> you know, but, and, and and it can tell you if you've got a new gray hair or, oh, if, you, yeah. or if you've got uh-huh. a zit or whatever, you know. Uh, it, it It is good for that kind of thing, although you don't necessarily even want to know those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But it's not giving you a full picture of the truth. Mm-hmm. So what was rolling in me was why why is this scripture in 1 Corinthians 13? Now, what do we know about 1 Corinthians 13? If you're a Bible knower at all, if you're a Bible reader at all, if you've listened to very many sermons, mm-hmm. you've probably heard a sermon about 1 the, Corinthians 13. The love, the love chapter. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. It's the love chapter. So why, why would we have a scripture that's talking about um, looking through a mirror dimly, obscurely. It's like a riddle. Mm-hmm. It's knowing the author. Because even uh, in verse 13, the end of the chapter, and now abideth faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. Right. And that's what we're called to. It, to it's know. what we're called to because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's First John 4, 7, and 8. You remember that little old song that we used to sing? I hope it's not copyrighted. Yeah. <laughs> Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. Ooh, listen to that. And knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Beloved, let us love one another, First John 4, 7 and 8. Wow. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> so knowing God is about knowing his love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to look at 1 Corinthians 13 uh, for a little while today and 
just get the idea of why are we having a dim version? Why is this like a riddle to us? Why, why are we only getting it part way? I think the answer really lies in the fact that we are fleshly, mm-hmm. that, that we are a spirit living in a fleshly body with a soul that is under training mm-hmm. for learning how to walk with the spirit. Yeah. And, you know, having to put down idle thoughts and put down imagination, vain imagination. Vain yeah. And having to put away doubts. Mm-hmm. Doubts. I mean, Adam and Eve started their downward spin by doubting. They listened to the accuser. They listened to the one who was lying to them. Mm-hmm. God didn't really mean that. He just doesn't want you to be like him. Yeah. And I'm going to throw in here, I think it was uh, uh, Dean Braxton or, yeah, I think it was Dean Braxton that said, you know, this wasn't something that had just happened. This was going on for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the snake. Yeah, this, you know, was a... This wasn't just this one-time thing. This had been going on for a while, mm-hmm. and isn't that what the what the devil does? You know, yeah. he just keeps keeps whispering stuff yeah. into your soul, right? And the only way you can filter that out is uh, keeping your focus on the Holy Spirit and right. Jesus. That's the only way that you're going to focus all that out because it's just gonna it's just gonna come at you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's true. It's like it's like Chinese water torture. Drip. One drip at a time. Drip. Wow. Drip. And it never stops. Wow. Drip. Yeah. That's what it can be. So um, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, and let's consider what are the filters in us that would keep us from getting it, okay? Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to look at it in the uh, Amplified if I can speak in the tongues of men and even of angels, but have not love, that reasoning, intentional, spiritual devotion, such as is inspired by God's love for us and in us, I am only a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. So what would that be? Would that be like pride? If I can speak in the tongues of men and angels, da-da-da-da-da, how wonderful I am. Yeah, very well could be. Boasting. Boasting. That's all pride. Yeah. Uh Before we go any deeper, though, I'd like to, I forgot to do this earlier, I would like to uh, give a definition of what this agape is. This uh, agape love, um, thank you, Spiros Zodia, this is from the lexical aids to the New Testament in his Bible I just mentioned. It's love a word not found in classical Greek, but only in revealed religion. Translated charity, meaning benevolent love. Its benevolence, however, is not shown by doing what the person loved desires, but what the one who loves deems as needed by the one loved. For God so loved the world that he gave. He gave not what man wanted, but what man needed as God perceived his need, namely his son who brought forgiveness to man. God's love for man is doing what he thinks best for man and not what man desires. 
It is God's willful direction toward man. But for man to show love to God, he must first appropriate God's agape, for only God has such an unselfish love. Mm, it's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? Uh-huh. So it's love by choice, not by chance. So if I don't have love, I'm going to be like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. But what, what would it sound like if I do have love and Ooh. speak with tongues? See, that's where we know in part and we prophesy in part. And, mm-hmm. and that's how we're seeing through a glass darkly. This mm-hmm. is a dark reflection. What, what does it look like if I do those things with love? Maybe it'll mm. sound more like a wedding bell. Okay. Because that's, that's a love thing, right? Uh-huh. So let's go on to verse two. If I have prophetic powers... The gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose and understand all the secret truths and mysteries and and possess all knowledge. And if I have sufficient faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, God's love in me, I am nothing. And that word nothing, that Greek, I don't have the the name of the word, but it's zero. Mm -hmm. Nothing. Nothing. It's literally zero. Literally zero. Yeah. And. It goes on to say, a useless nobody. Well, what's the scripture Jesus used? Said all those in that day, you know, did we not do all these? Oh, yeah. All, did, we, did we not do all these wonderful things in your name? He says, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. It's just like we had the gift, but not the giver. Ooh, well said. Yeah. And too many times a ministry will teach about getting a gift without really concentrating on the giver of the gift, because mm-hmm. that's what keeps the gift pure. It's true. It's true. And and it reminds me of that story of how back in the days of the Muslim conquest of Egypt, mm-hmm. that there was a sultan that he, he enjoyed the debate between the Jews and the, and the Christians. Yeah. And the Christian won the last debate and, and the Jewish guy was so angry. And, and so he did a little research and found out that Jesus said, uh, if you have faith, you can move a mountain. So he told the sultan about this. And the sultan said, you know, that mountain there is in my way of the view. I'm going to ask these guys to move this mountain. <laughs> so he, he called in the, the patriarch of the Coptic church and said, is it true that your Bible says that if you have faith, you can remove this mountain? He, he said, yes, it does say that. And he said, good, so I need you to move this mountain in three days. Or I guess maybe he wanted it right away. And, the, and the, yeah. <laughs> the patriarch said, can we have three days to pray and fast, please? Yeah. And, <laughs> and so they prayed and fasted. Oh, and by the way, if you don't move the mountain, then all the Christians are going to have to become Muslims or be killed. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so they're praying for and fasting for three days. and the night before they're supposed to move the mountain, uh, the patriarch has a vision. And he's told in the vision to go out right now. There's a man named Simon the Tanner, and he's carrying a water pot. And he's, I think that's what he was carrying. He was doing something. He was out and about doing something. I don't remember the details, but um, he only has one eye, and you'll know him. And he's the one that will move the mountain for you. So the patriarch goes out and he meets Simon the Tanner 
and he explains what he's supposed to do. And he says, I can't move a mountain. What are you thinking? I'm sorry, but I, I'm not your man. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just a, a humble shoemaker. Mm-hmm. And he says, you know, they're conversing, and the and the uh, the patriarch says, well, um, by the way, how did you lose your eye? He says, well, I was uh, bending down to fix a shoe for this lady. I was, I was just going to take her shoe off of her and fix it for her. And she pulled her skirt up way too far. And I saw what I shouldn't have seen. And I remembered what Jesus said, if your right eye offends you, pluck it out. So I reached up my awl and I took my eye out. And the patriarch says, I don't think he really meant that. <laughs> and But he'd done it, you know. And and to me, anyone who will take the book that literally uh-huh. should be able to move a mountain. But he was very humble. And that's why he qualified, because he had this walk with God in humility and in taking the book literally. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, um, Simon said, you know, I'll stand behind you and you and everybody, let's just all pray and ask God for mercy. And and I'll be praying with you. So, you know, it, it won't look like it's me. And so they came out there as the sun is coming up. And they prayed, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. And the mountain picked up and moved. And you can go in Cairo, it, Mount Makatam is there, and it is the m- mountain that moved. It's called the Broken Mountain. That's what Mount Makatam means. And it moved from Tahrir Square. You know, it, it's been proved geologically. Geologically that, it, that that used to be on top of here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they said you could see the sunrise underneath yeah, the mountain when it lifted. Exactly, and actually, the the sultan became a Christian at that point. He lost his job as sultan because he wasn't a Muslim anymore. But it brought great respect for the Christian community. Yeah, and and the thing was, Simon the Tanner disappeared. He wasn't going to hang around to be congratulated for having done something. Mm-hmm. I would say that that qualifies for what it looks like for someone who does have love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Not taking any credit for himself. Not taking any credit. And even this idea of understanding mysteries. You know, there's a lot of folks that are that are delving into the mysteries of God, and I love that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's part of the book. Yeah. Mysteries are hidden for us to find. So don't get freaked out about Christian mystics because they're just dealing with what the book says. And the di- the deeper you dig, the more... The mysteries you you're going to uncover and the mm-hmm. more nuggets you're going to find. Yeah. And that's what we do. We, we just love to dig in it. But to do it without love, you, uh. you wind up being nothing. Mm-hmm. And I think we look at this chapter of all of these great things mm-hmm. that can be done by God's people that are part of the, lo- the walk of the Spirit. But if we do it without love, if we do it without God's kind of love— that is more concerned about the needs of others and yeah. how can we fulfill the needs of others? Mm-hmm. You know, even the unlovely, this, this, last, this last podcast that we did with Sherry Gribblenick about talking about what she's been through and her daughter, Amber, that, that is a special child, not what you'd call normal. How does the love of God... Mm-hmm 
move us, move us with his compassion to want to help. You know, that's where we become something in the kingdom, not this nothing thing. Yeah, okay. I was looking for that scripture where your, where your works are tried by fire. Oh, yeah. That's in 1 Corinthians 2, starting with verse 10. He's talking about, Paul is talking about him, himself as being a, a wise master builder. I've laid on the... I've laid the foundation, and the foundation is Jesus, and others have built on it, and some are building with wood, hay, and stubble, and some are building with gold and silver and precious stones. Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Wow. Yeah, if any man's work abide, which he's built thereon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Yeah. And, and that's what we're looking at. It's, so if... What if are we you, building with? If your works are love-motivated... Yes. Then that, that gives you an entrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember we, we had a, a speaker once, um, Howard Pittman. Mm-hmm. He was a good Baptist. I mean, he took uh, troubled people into his home, and he'd give out tracts and everything like that. And he had a massive heart attack, died on the table. He went to heaven, but they wouldn't let him through the gate and said, everything you did, you did for yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jesus standing there. Everything you did, you did for yourself. It was your self-motive. I'm sending you back to give you another chance. Thank God. I thought, oh, wow. Yeah. So let's get it right the first time. Yes. Let's do things by love. By love. Because otherwise, we're not seeing clearly. We're not seeing the fullness of what what God is trying to show us. Uh And and if we we go on, you know, it says, let's go to verse 4. Love endures long and is patient and kind. Love never is envious, nor boils over with jealousy, Mm. (laughs) is not boastful or vainglorious, does not display itself haughtily. See, those those things are like filters that keep us from seeing love. It's like looking at my reflection in the dark screen of my of my laptop. Mm -hmm. You know, you really don't you really don't see it well. Jealousy, boastfulness. Haughtiness. At verse 5 says, it is not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. It is not rude, unmannerly, and does not act unbecomingly. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking. It is not touchy or fretful mm-hmm. or resentful. Boy, the, the Amplified really gets yeah, it, doesn't it? Yeah, really, it really uh, <laughs> lays it out. You, you can't like, escape it. <laughs> like, ouch, hallelujah. Yeah. It takes no, I love this one. This one is so powerful. It takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Mm, wow. Come on, we got we to come up higher. Yeah. We've got to come up higher. We've got to not even be moved when our flesh wants to just go back and lick its wounds from, from something that somebody's done to us. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Mm. It's unoffendable. Love is unoffendable. It does not oh. rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. 
Love bears up under anything and everything that comes, is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Beautiful. Ow. I'm I'm thinking we need to Holy Spirit help us, you know? Cuz we've we've been seeing through a glass darkly. We've we've been seeing a dark reflection. It's not where we haven't been getting the fullness of what God mm-hmm. has for us because we're operating in something less than yeah. what he has. Mm-hmm. Its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances and it endures everything without weakening. I love it. Yeah. It's beautiful. Love never fails, never fades out or becomes obsolete or comes to an end. As for prophecy, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, it will be fulfilled and pass away. Hmm, that's well put. As for tongues, they will be destroyed and cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. You know, we're not cessationists. There are people that that use this scripture to say that now that we have the fullness of the scriptures, we have the canon of scripture, and so that which is perfect is come. That comes mm. up a little bit further, but you know they're they're saying that that prophecy and tongues have ceased. That's only because it ceased for the people, the the theologians that were trying to figure out why they didn't have any power. Mm-hmm. And so they made up this idea that um, that it's because all of that ceased with the apostles. As for knowledge, it will pass away. It will lose its value and be superseded by truth. Wow, that's great. Knowledge will be superseded by truth. Verse 9, for our knowledge is fragmentary, incomplete, mm. and imperfect. And our prophecy, our teaching is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. <laughs> But when the complete and perfect total comes, the incomplete and imperfect will vanish away, become antiquated, void, and superseded. Wow. Hmm. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. Now that I've become a man, I am done with childish ways and have put them aside. Yeah. And here we come to verse 12. Now, now we've got it in context. For now we are looking in a mirror that only gives a dim, blurred reflection of reality as in a riddle or enigma. And actually, the the Greek word there is enigma. But then, when perfection comes, we shall see in reality and face to face. Now I know in part, imperfectly. But then I shall know and understand fully and clearly, even in the same manner as I have been fully and clearly known and understood by God. Now, I just want to go back and take a few of those words um, where it says we know in part. Mm-hmm. That word know means to know experientially, not intuitively. Like intuition is something that you know in your knower. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, you, and you know you're right. But this is, this is knowledge that you've gained by experience. We haven't experienced everything there is to experience. There's, there's mm-hmm. always more to experience. Yeah. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, and that word perfect mm-hmm. doesn't mean perfect as in with no flaws. You know, like, like we think about the, Perfection. Script, the yeah. scripture is the perfect thing. Yeah. Well, no. When that which is perfect is come, the word perfect there is the word Greek word teleos, and it means adult full-grown, or full-age as opposite 
to little children. It can mean to reach the intended goal. So that gives context for the next verse. Okay, when that which is perfect is come, perfect meaning adult or full grown, full age, as opposite to little children, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, okay, the word child Mm -hmm. is nepios, and it means infant, not able to speak plainly. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. Okay. We've just been around some little children today. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and I'm thinking about our youngest granddaughter. Sometimes you understand what she's saying. And sometimes, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it's like, what did you say? I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. Not able to speak clearly. Mm-hmm. So the comparison here is when that which is perfect has come, when that which is full age, full age. it's comparing to a little child. Mm-hmm. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. Uh, and it can also mean a minor, a minor child. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't give the keys to the car to a minor child. <laughs> They're not ready to drive yet. Yeah. You know, you might give the keys to the baby to play with, but uh-huh. not to drive. Not to drive the car. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I came to a man, when I became a man, I put away childish things. things. So it's about being full grown, full grown, Mm -hmm. when you can be trusted. And so the comparison here is we are only getting this whole love picture dimly. Mm -hmm. We're only getting this walk in the spirit picture Dimly. Dimly, yeah. We're not getting the full reflection. We're not getting the whole details. Because we're trying to look at everything through a natural eye. Yes. What's going on around us. Yes. Maybe what we're hearing. Yeah, what did the Lord speak to you? Pull back. Yeah, draw back and draw pray. Draw back and, and pray, pray. Which means don't listen to anybody else. Yes, now. that's exactly what it means. Because that's how we're motivated a lot of mm-hmm. times. Yeah, and a lot of times we are parroting what mm-hmm. other people are saying. Yeah. And, and and there's something to that, that when you hear something that you know the Holy Spirit is resonating mm-hmm. with you about, you can make it your own. Right, yeah. But other things, if you repeat it enough, you believe it. Yeah, that's true. And right. it might that, not even be true. That, isn't that what the news media? Sure. Wants you that they would just keep repeating things and mm-hmm. eventually you get used to it and then... Maybe you or your siblings or something, they'll agree to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because you, you've heard it enough. And and that's that's what the whole propaganda idea uh-huh. is, that, that if you say it enough times, people will start yeah. saying it for you. Propaganda you know? is you not start just— Start believing it. It is not just a communist word. No. It's for what's happening today in we all things. We understand that. Propaganda. Yeah. yeah. But but we have to put away the childish things. We have to we have to be able to to be so focused on the Lord mm-hmm. and focused on His Word that we're getting to know Him yeah. and getting to know His ways and and letting His love begin to operate through us. And that's through who you listen to. You know, mm-hmm. like we said that. But I was listening just a little bit ago, to a message by Catherine Kuhlman. Wow. Because she knew the Holy Spirit. Yes, she I did. I mean, you look at the, you know, the, the tremendous miracles, everything she had. But we've uh, heard someone that say that knows uh, her workers very well. Mm-hmm. You know, that said she would just run out 
if I can just get out because I know the Holy Spirit is out there on the stage waiting for me. Yeah. But I had to get out there. Yeah, she was like a she was like a caged tiger before it was time to get out there. She was saying, Oh God, please, please don't fail me. Please don't leave yeah. me. And and just uh just pacing. Just pacing. So if you and can praying. imagine walking out into an auditorium full of thousands of people, but the Holy Spirit was was who she just relied on. Absolutely. And, to hear her speak. and when you listen to people like that, that are in the presence of God like that, mm-hmm. you feel it. Yes. It might have been a recording 30, 40 years ago. 50, 60 50, years 60, ago. 50, 60, yeah, it was the <laughs> 1970s. Yeah. You know, you feel it. Yeah. So that's what you need to have when you're people you listen to, you need to feel it. Yeah. You need to resonate, I exactly. think would be the word. Yeah. We're looking for if you can just resonate, you know, with what they're speaking, you know how you can how you can really capture what what they are saying. Mm-hmm. It's true. With with regard to that word about when that which is perfect has come, mm-hmm. in the explanation of it in this Bible I was talking about, it mentions the word. Okay, we were looking at the word teleos. He was saying, Talia agape is perfect love. And perfect love means that it's, it's not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not wanting love. And it, it's a love that accomplishes its goal. Yeah. And so that's what I believe the Lord is trying to encourage us about today. The thing that we have, we have just been not seeing clearly that God wants to give us mm-hmm. clearly. And and I'll just go back to the idea that, you know, Moses was face to face with God and it changed him. Mm-hmm. It changed his countenance. Yeah. And that countenance, that face to face kind of face to face activity, just being with God face to face, spending time with him, waiting on him, it mm-hmm. changes us. And it because he is love. Yeah. The more we spend time in his presence, the more we're going to be able to live this 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. The more our flesh is going to lie down <laughs> and let our spirit lead, because I think the key is that part of your soul that is your will. Mm-hmm. When you determine with your will, I'm going to go with my spirit, I'm going to walk with the Holy Spirit. My spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, and I'm not going to follow those fleshly ways. I'm not going to listen to that accuser anymore. When he's accusing me to me, when he's accusing others to me, when he's accusing God to me, causing me to doubt, I'm going to say no. And, and one of the things that God has been doing in me, I've probably mentioned it before, and it just started without me thinking about doing it. It wasn't something like God challenged me to do this. I found myself doing it because the Holy Spirit was doing it through me in my spirit. That every time I would get a thought into my head, that my spirit would even recognize it before my conscious mind recognized what it was. Uh-huh. And I'd find myself praying in tongues, speaking uh-huh. in tongues, uh-huh. addressing it in tongues. Instead of replying to it in English, get out of here. Get out of here. I start praying in tongues. I start speaking in tongues. And it's like it stops it dead. 
Wow. Uh-huh. You know, some That's kind great. of accusing thought, some kind of a, you stupid, why did you do that? Or, you know, those those kind of thoughts or, or look at that person or, you know, things things that are thoughts of doubt. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I'm speaking to- in tongues and mm-hmm. I, it disappears. It's like it can't stand the light. <laughs> Turn on the light. Yeah. And that's what this whole study is about today. Turn on the light. Mm-hmm. It's when we're in his presence, we go from glory to glory. Yeah. We go in this face to face, putting our face in a place where we can see his face, where we, even if you just start with your, with your sanctified imagination, looking for his bright, shining face and that ironic blessing. I believe there's something to that that we're seeing darkly still. Mm-hmm. He says twice. I mean, it starts with the Lord Yehovah bless you mm-hmm. and keep you. The Lord Yehovah make his face, face to shine, shine upon, upon you. you. Okay. Uh-huh. This is Aaron saying this over the whole the whole nation. Congregation, uh-huh. The whole nation of Israel. Uh-huh. As I'm as I'm meditating on it, I'm thinking, he's saying you can have face to face just like Moses did. Mm. May his face shine uh-huh. upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord Jehovah lift up his countenance, that's his face, mm-hmm. upon you. Mm-hmm. And when you have that experience, when you have that face-to-face encounter, yeah. I'm telling you, it gives you shalom. It gives you peace. It gives you that completeness, that talios, that reaching a prescribed goal, mm-hmm. growing wow. up, becoming the fullness of an adult. That's what he's trying to do. An adult believer, an mm-hmm. adult saint, where his, where his ways are being worked in us. And the more we spend time with him, the more we're going to get that shalom. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. just speak that over you, listener. Yes, amen. That he gives you his shalom as you are seeking him face to face. You will go from glory to glory. It's a transition. It's a transformation. It's like turning from a caterpillar into a butterfly. That's what he's doing. And as yeah. we as we start looking with the light on his word, looking with the light of his spirit, in him mm-hmm. was light and the light was the life of men. Yeah. His life begins to pump through your veins and transform you into looking just like him. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory. There's hope. Amen. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence.